Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. It is my great pleasure today to announce to you a new and additional sponsor for our program. Tyler Kane is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he is a senior loan officer for Fairway Independent Mortgage. Tyler and his team have extensive knowledge of the mortgage industry, and their dedication has made them a trusted partner for many wonderful families. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to refinance or talk about future home ownership goals, Tyler and his team are here to guide you every step of the way. We've included a link to their website in the show notes, or you can reach Tyler directly at 813-380-8487. Thank you so much for listening today. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back. As always, I'm really thankful that you're here. I hope that the topic today will be beneficial to you in a couple of ways. On the backside of the episode, I really want to talk about the things that you're pursuing in your life, the things that you have determined are worthy to go all in on, as well as how you are regularly and steadily investing in those things day in and day out. I want to break all of that, all of those options into three categories. Now, within those categories are all of the wonderful or not so wonderful pursuits that are drawing your attention, relationships, career aspirations, things related to faith, finances, or whatever it might be. And one of those three categories into which some of that fits is the no-go bucket. That is not for you. You don't want to go all in and bet everything on that, and you probably don't even want to trickle in that month in and month out. You need to stay away from there. And I think it says a lot about you that you would even be willing to say a category like that exists, that you label no-go, even though there are enticing things within it. Then I think there's kind of this middle category where there are lots of good things. They're not the greatest passion in your life, but they're important and they matter and they build upon themselves to a better future. And you may not go all in on them. You may not dump everything you have into them, but if you're willing to just regularly give them almost automatic ongoing attention through the highs and the lows, they will greatly pay off in the long run. But neither of those two buckets excite me near as much as the third one. That is the all-in, sell-out, put everything towards it, and maintain it day in and day out category of things that are awesome, that are more awesome than everything else, that have more potential than anything else, and render more joy and opportunity. And I really, really hope that you have a category like that. I hope there are special people in that category and other life pursuits that are just that great. It is that category and my attention to things within it that get me out of bed every morning with a smile on my face. So to summarize, before we really get into the illustration that will drive this, of all of the things you might want to do with your life, there are three categories. The thing that you should not pursue. The regular menial, ongoing things that you will pursue, but just sort of on an ongoing maintenance basis. And then there are things that are so amazing, they're worth everything you've got on you at the moment, like the parable of selling everything to buy the field with the treasure in it. And they ought to demand attention from you pretty much every day and something from you towards their benefit on both good days and bad. All right, so the illustration I wanna use to drive all of this home is related to finance and investments. Now, this episode is not about those things specifically, but I will be fleshing out the three biggest monetary decisions I've ever made in my life and what I've learned from them. And so naturally, it may lend to you wanting to make some decisions related to finance. But as we go through this, I'll be encouraging you to think beyond that. 
because it's really designed to just set the stage for application that goes a lot farther than your portfolio and honestly matters a whole lot more. Okay, so my first significant investment decision of my life came in 1999. I was about 20 years old. I'd been married for a couple of years. I was working at my father-in-law's sand and gravel pit. I had started a little side business. I'd purchased a Kenworth truck that was hauling rainbow gravel up to the DFW area. And as a result, I'd saved up quite a bit of money, at least for me at that time, at that age, and in that year. I didn't exactly know what to do with it, but I knew that I wanted it to multiply into much, much more. So a family friend introduces me to this young man. He's about 10 years older than I am. He works at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter, and he's got a hot tip for me. He calls me up and says, have you heard of the company Digitas? And I'm like, no, but that sounds really cool. He goes, oh, it's the biggest company on the internet. They're going to change lives. You need to invest. And so after a five-minute speech, and based on the fact that my father-in-law knew his dad, I gave him everything. Every last penny went into Digitas. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, Digitas, I don't know that I've ever heard of that. Well, you most likely haven't, but I'll bet you have heard of the dot-com bubble bursting in the stock market, which happened shortly after in March of 2000. In the months before that, the stock was going down fast, and my investment guy was like, don't worry about it, hang in there, it's going to bounce back and do amazing things. Well, in March of 2000, it did do something amazing. It completely disappeared. I don't mean that the stocks went down further. I mean the company ceased to exist and all of my money was gone. And that wasn't the only thing that was gone because I immediately called Morgan Stanley Dean Witter and asked for my guy, who I was told did not work there anymore. So that was a very painful life lesson, and it taught me two things, though I would say one of them is more valuable than the other. You don't go all in on something you don't understand, or you don't love, or you don't believe in. You don't risk everything when there's not really even a great sound reason to do it except the greed of wanting more. That lesson stuck with me for a really long time, but the second thing that I learned, I think ended up being a bit of a weight in my life over time, and that was maybe you shouldn't go all in on anything. Maybe just go a little bit at a time. Maybe just space out your investments and be safer and more cautious. And that is not a bad idea. Certainly compared to the first thing that I did, it's an excellent idea. It also gives you time to really look into what you might be working towards or pursuing to decide, is this stable and safe and all of that? So that led to the second major investment decision of my life that still pays some form of dividend today. I went to a local Edward Jones office. I met with the financial advisor there. He told me about these interesting things called mutual funds. Now, by definition, they're pretty safe. They're funds that represent a collection of stocks, so they kind of average out. They go up when the market goes up, and they go down when the market is falling, but they're not as drastic in either direction, and they generally trend up over time. Additionally, you can make them even safer by diversifying. I think I chose three. There was an international one, a small caps, and then just sort of like an American growth fund. And while I had squirreled away some funds, I kept those funds safely in the bank, and I started this thing called dollar cost averaging. It's actually a really cool design. Basically, you just have them cipher out a little bit of money every month, and you just buy those shares on the first day of every month, month in and month out, no matter what the market is doing. I like things like that where you make it automatic, you kind of buy into slow and steady wins the race, you're less affected by the peaks and the valleys. 
That's the cool thing about dollar cost averaging for the next 10 years as that was happening each and every month. If the market was up, I wasn't getting as great a deal on the funds, but I didn't really care because the market was up. And then during poor seasons like the 2008 housing crisis or whatever, when everything was going down on the first day of every month, I just thought I'm getting a really good deal. There were some years when I was pulling for it to go down so that I could get a better deal. So that really taught me about that idea of just staying steady, sticking with it and riding it out to a better outcome over time. And they did do pretty well. Not amazing, just well. I think I still own all three of them, and I will not be quitting my day job because of what they have produced, but I think it was good. And it was a whole lot better than chasing another Digitas, which would have amounted to nothing. Okay, so let's flash forward to 2011, maybe 12 or 13 years ago, to the third and probably most significant decision that I've made. I was up in Tennessee doing some preaching, and I became really great friends with the preacher there, who is now like one of my inner circle guys, Brent Moody. Brent was a finance major, he was an investor, and he starts talking to me about Apple stock. Now by then, it's 2011, we probably all had our first iPhones, but he's telling me it's more than just a product, this is a company you need to invest in. So he starts showing me all the growth over the previous years and what's projected to happen in the future and why, and really just goes all in behind this. So I got really excited about it, but I wasn't that same 20-year-old newlywed that I was before. I was in my early 30s. We were about to have kid number three. I had already been stone-cold burnt once before, and I was doing this little steady thing that wasn't amounting to a whole lot, but it was moving along okay. But I wanted those factors from my past to make me wiser. I didn't want them to paralyze me when it was time to make a move. So I went home and I studied it a lot and I decided Brent was right. So it's kind of interesting. I just thought about this this morning. It had been around 11 years since I had lost that sum of money, all that I had gained in my life. And now in 2011, that was about the amount of money that I had set aside. And I decided to go all in again. In fact, I doubled down. I put all of it in, just like Digitas in 1999, and I even took those monthly contributions that were going towards the mutual funds, and I moved them over as well. I wish I could articulate for you how difficult that decision was. I'm just not really by nature a jump-in buyer guy. I overanalyze everything. So it's hard for me to make big decisions like that, but I'm also not a seller. In other words, once I'm in, I'm in, maybe even for life. So I don't want to talk any more about it, but things have gone well. And if one day I decide to try something different than I'm doing now, that decision will be one of the main reasons why that is possible. Now, just to be clear, and I hope this comes through, I in no way in this episode want to make it primarily about finances or investing. Even though the episode title is Pick Your Apple, I want to talk about a different apple before we're done. And I hope I have in no way made this about my own personal successes. I primarily share that story with you to show how learning and growth has affected me throughout my life to make better decisions. And sure, while we're here on the topic near the beginning of the year, maybe there are some decisions you need to make. Maybe it's time to pick your Apple or mutual fund, definitely not a Digitas, and really weigh that out, the value of it to you, and decide, is this something that I want to put everything into? Do I believe in it that much? Or do I pick something safer and milder and just dollar cost average and go in month after month? That, by the way, is largely the advice I give to people. My own son-in-law and daughter just started working with John Cunningham, who's one of the sponsors of the program, and just sort of monthly putting funds in and diversifying it accordingly. 
I do encourage you to think about that if you haven't before. It turns time into an asset, into a friend, instead of a fear or liability. But here is really where I want this to go. Just forget about the money part for a moment. Before you are all kinds of things you can pursue. Relationships with people, career aspirations, educational goals, or some big adventure that you've always dreamed of. When you put everything you might ever want to pursue in front of you, they fit into three tubs. We can put different labels on those tubs if you'd like. One of them has Digitas on it. It looks so alluring and awesome, and you're told this is the biggest, bestest thing in the world. Sure, it doesn't have a great track record, and other companies like it have completely disappeared before, but it'll be different with you. And you buy it. You go all in. You pick your Digitas. We usually don't trickle in to things like that. Dollar cost average them with a little bit every month. When it comes to things of this world, things that are not godly, things that are not good for you, things that are not proven to be good for you, they generally invite you to jump all in. You have got to have a category like that where you put things in it and you don't go in a little and you don't go in a lot. The middle container of things that lay before you in life, you might put mutual funds on it, and it literally might include mutual funds, just nice, safe, gradual things you can give sort of automatic, ongoing attention to. It's not the most passionate thing in your life. It's not the centerpiece of your life. You wouldn't sell out everything for it, but it functions well for you and for your future. In addition to conservative investing, this makes me think of things like your occupation, your job, what you do for a living. Maybe if you're a college student, your classes and education. Maybe it's some hobby that you enjoy or sports team that you follow. These things are good, but don't give up everything in your life for them. They are not the best things. They're just the ongoing needful things. And then kind of have a dollar cost averaging, buy the dip, ride the high kind of outlook on those. Some days will be better than others. Some days work will be good. Some days it will be stressful. Some years your team will win. Some years they won't. Keep it as an ongoing part of your life. Enjoy it and lean into it regularly. Make it like those mutual funds, just good, stable peace in your life. Not super high, not super low, just nice and constant and constructive. But also not expecting it or depending on it to have some massive payoff that redefines your life. Okay, but then you need to have another category where you pick your apple or apples Sit down this week and decide what matters most. What is the greatest, most awesome part of my life, gift given to me, person put in front of me, mission to pursue? And I'm talking way bigger and better than some iPhone manufacturer. But once you pick these things, which I hope your list is sort of like mine, my relationship with God and what I can accomplish in his name, my wife and our marriage and family, my health, and trying to maintain a body that can fully engage in all of that for as long as God wills. Once you've embraced things like those, it's time to double down. And that means all in right now. What is everything that you can put into that to say, this matters more than everything else? And then regular, automatic, ongoing investments into the future. Dollar cost averaging style. In other words, sometimes it's up a little, sometimes it's down, but I'm in a little more every time, no matter what. When things are going great in any of those areas, faithfulness or family or health, I know it may not be like crazy necessary that I add more to it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And when things aren't so good, when you're hitting one of those dips, those low points, you just Invest anyway, taking advantage of the fact that that might be the moment where your investment makes the most difference. 
I hope this regular contribution thing is connecting with you because I'm all about the big investment. Maybe it's with your family after you listen to an episode like this or you throw out all the sugar in the house or you make a big investment or whatever. That's all great. It says something. Be wise. Measure that out. Make sure you know what you're getting into. But I still think it's that regular, ongoing contribution No matter whether things are trending upwards or downwards, they are overall headed to a better place. And your regular attention to those things is a big reason why. Okay, as we get ready to close this, let me change the imagery up. You may not have liked any of that. You're not an investor. You didn't like hearing about it. Well, let me give you something else then to think about. A different apple or possible apple straight out of the book of Genesis. Do you remember the different types of trees that were in the Garden of Eden? There were three. There was one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the digitas of the ancient world that they were forbidden to eat. You know, the one they went all in on and believed a lie and lost everything. Then there was just about all of the other trees in the garden. God said they were good. They would provide for food. You can eat of them every day. Sort of the mutual funds of the garden placed there by God, a blessing to you, not the centerpiece of your entire life, but really nice and useful and good. But then there was the tree of life. I don't know what kind of fruit was on it. Maybe apples, maybe not. But whatever it was, it was the best of the best. God knew that if they ate of this tree, they would live forever. This is the tree of trees, the gift of gifts. If you find this thing, you eat every apple you can reach and you return to it and feast upon it as often as you can. This is like God, like faith, like Christ, like heaven. This is the all-in tree and everyday tree. It would have been worth every cost and would have become the center of everything. And it would have cultivated things that would never die. But Adam and Eve never got to eat of it. They never got to learn from their first poor investment choice where they poured in everything and then lost it all. That enticing and hollow thing they thought they needed ended up costing them access to the only thing that they would have ever needed. And I wish I could tell you that doesn't happen today, that you can make your digitas mistakes. You'll just rebound later, pull some things together, play it safe for a while, find the great treasure that defines your life, and just pour everything into it. And to speak of Jesus, where all of those stories are ultimately going, he died on a cross to make that possible for you, to have freedom from all of the loss and mistakes, to redirect your life to what is right to basically give you the treasure that you can invest all in to what he has planned for you and to guide you and sustain you and help you as you make regular contributions day in and day out, during the highs and even through the dips. That is true spiritually while there is life and sometimes physically as well, but not always. So just like if this was some one-dimensional episode purely on money, I would invite you to start doing better things earlier and not waste everything early on like I did. But because it's actually about more than that, it's about your faith and your life and your family and your soul and the souls of others, I implore you to choose wisely. Spend some time this week deciding what are things that are drawing my attention that are unsafe and not good and not worthy of a little or a lot. What are areas that are good that I need to make meaningful ongoing contributions to through the high and the low, but that are not the centerpiece of my life? And what are the things that are the most valuable and wonderful opportunities and people and blessings of my life? And how do I go all in today and even more in every day? 
There is no limit in what can happen, but don't wait. Just like in investing, the earlier you start, the better you do. Open your eyes, look around, and pick your apple. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this program, will you share it with someone you care about? One thing I've learned over the years is the best way for the program to grow is for friends to tell people how valuable it's been for them. Speaking of friends, let me once again commend you to give John Cunningham a call. He and his team have a wide variety of tools to help you use your present budget and life to build towards a more secure and hopeful financial future. Once again, you can reach him at 205-326-7364. And always remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.